look, Jim, I know I won $3 million this past weekend, but my mom says we have to go home at seven. Yo, too bad that $3 million get taxed by like 50% anyways, Some right? Some absurd number. Yeah, we'll get into that in a bit, but yo, what's going on, guys? This is the Hype Geek Podcast. Podcast. Wow, we should do that in unison every, every time. time. Whoa. Whoa. Jesus. Jesus. Sandwich. Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but this is a Hype Geek podcast where we talk about everything gaming and how that intertwines with mainstream culture, culture. fashion, food, music, all that cool stuff. This is your co-host, Kat, and also the CMO of eColiseum, and we have Rustin right here. That's me. The CEO of eColiseum and um, the co-host of this podcast. And we have a lot to talk about for this coming podcast. This is podcast number 26. And it's going to be probably our most epic one. We There's just a, had the yeah. craziest esports weekend. Yeah, a lot went on this weekend. We went to a Nike event. The Fortnite World Cup happened, mm-hmm. which will break down in terms of uh, different moments, funny moments, stats. cool moments, stats, all that good stuff. And then we'll also Insider talk about information. Mm-hmm. It's really, really interesting stuff that we might have some insight on if you guys are interested in listening to that. And we also are going to talk about the Final Mouse release mm-hmm. and the numbers that came through that. One of the most creative gaming companies, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, today. And the first ever gaming shoe, yes. as well as more clothing partnerships that Fortnite is working with. Mm-hmm. So we're going to dive into that, but let's start off by talking about our weekend. And that started with the Nike event that happened last Thursday. Correct. And that was really cool. So if you guys know, we work with Nike pretty closely here at eColiseum. We've talked about them a couple of times on this podcast. Last time we did a Nike Adapt BB shoe That's wear test. Shoe. Yeah, it's the self-lacing basketball shoe. We had a great time. And this time they invited us back to try on their Nike Joyrides. Which is an amazing running shoe. It's insane. And what they always do when they invite us to these things, it's an entire experiential thing. Super sick. They don't just invite us to their office, show us a shoe, tell mm-hmm. us to talk about it. They invite us to this event. It was like right by LAX in this like warehouse arts district looking thing but it wasn't the arts district it was like a studio-ish mm-hmm. it was very creative looking yeah and we got there at, on Thursday and it was it was awesome they decked out the place in really cool decorations the joyride basically the technology used within that shoe are little beads and when you step inside the shoe I shit you not the people talk about how all their shoes are different but this one actually felt like sand yeah and it's kind of weird because when I first slipped my foot in it was like I felt there were ridges. It was, yeah, it was tight. Yeah, it was like tight. And there was it like wasn't rid- formed. There was like shit poking at my feet, but it was like yeah. little like soft like sand dune bumps. And I was like, why is this like that? Right. Uh, when you're just standing there, it feels like that um, compared to like my flat converses. But then when you started running on the treadmills, then you feel like the compression actually working and it's just soft running the entire the time. But yeah. you walking through the experience, like what, what was special about it? Like talk us through that. So basically because our business itself is experience focused, Whenever we get to do something like this, that it's a top tier experience by top tier brand, we're taking notes, taking notes. and we're getting hard because it's fucking sick. We're like, holy <laughs> shit, getting this is hard. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great description. Anyway, like for example, when you come in, they have cubbies with your names on them. Mm-hmm. An attendant gives you the clothes that's been selected for you. Not as cool as a Dat BB locker with your LED name on it. Right. But still, still, personal. still personalized. And the clothes are dope. They're specifically designed for this event. Like their special release Nike clothes, which was the same thing as the Dat BB. So probably can't get these anywhere else. And they've been selected based on your style. Ahead of time, they ask you, do you like a looser fit, a tighter fit, tank top, t-shirt, you know, blah, blah, blah. You tell them what you want, then you show up, 
and everyone had a different outfit. It was so sick. Yeah, that's actually really surprising. Yeah. Like, it was the same shorts, but different colors. And surprisingly, they actually got Rusty's color, right? Like, he wore, like, bright orange shorts, which I would wear to something like Coachella, but not on a daily. But they gave me very muted with little accent colors that really fit my style. I mean, it probably wasn't on purpose, but I was like, yeah. it made the experience that much better yeah. where it felt so much personalized to me which is something that we want to implement with what we're doing mm -hmm. right because we learned that that really makes yeah. the experience that one -on -one much better one with your customer is always the best type of way to get yeah. their loyalty dude the scented candles that they had smelled amazing the food that they had yeah. holy shit they had these like natural bars that looked like they were homemade but they were so fire they had this drink called keto it's like a protein drink fire mm -hmm. they had a fresh pressed juice Dude. vending machine yeah. you go to the vending machine you press on the screen the different juice mixes that they have and they will press that shit right there and it's cold as fuck best watermelon so, juice i've ever had so good it was so good dude yeah, yeah that was really good watermelon yeah, juice. They, they had these little changing pies for you to change mm -hmm. um and then we waited around for a little bit took pictures they had this entire backdrop check out our instagram yeah um at rustin r-u-s-t-1-n and kapow k-h-a-p-0-w you'll see pictures of us at that event and they had a really cool like balloon backdrop yeah where it was just a ton of different balloons behind you but not just like balloons on a string it was like tied to the wall in this entire it was a canvas perfect was instagram weird. moment and yeah. it was well lit for it too yeah and then as we're just waiting there then someone comes up and starts talking to us and i didn't even realize then i was like okay where's like the studio we're gonna be running right are we right. gonna run around the building like what's going on yeah so you start to introduce it and then the gates slide open and again you can check us out on our instagram stories but it slides open and it, there's like a spotlight down music's playing to like these sh displayed shoes um you walk into the room uh there's like yoga mats on the right side where your shoes are laid with mm -hmm. the with place card with their name on it cor uh, correct to your size yeah put it on we do some stretches and we got to know, learn a little more about the shoe. Like the, the person, who was that? One of the senior designers mm -hmm. came out and described all the innovation that they had done in the past three years of making this product with the whole objective of let's make a super comfy running shoe that feels like the same as running on sand or on grass, right? And so they created this like proprietary, you know, shoe base that Kyle described, which I kind of liken it to if you ever had a mouse pad that has like the gel wrist cover, it was mm, kind of like that in yeah. different areas of yeah, your yeah. foot. And so they had the lead designer explaining it. Then they brought out their Nike master trainers to like, you know, warm us up for the workout. Then we go into this they other them, room. They flew those two girls all the way out from New York. One of them was from LA. One of them they okay. flew out from New York. Yeah. But like they're basically Nike ambassadors, which is so sick. Yeah, like really let's sick. find dope people that are also really athletic and just they're gonna wear all Nike everything all the time. Yeah. They're gonna be dope content creators. Anyway, they take us into this section of that room where it was like surrounded by curtains. You go through the curtains, you come in, there's a bunch of treadmills and they're like high tech treadmills and there's a giant LED screen in front of us that just says like Nike Joyride on it. Mm. And they run us through like a treadmill workout, which is kind of like Barry's boot camp, if any of you guys have been there. And it's like varying speeds. They're running us through. Great music is playing. And the LED screen starts to change to different areas in LA. Like at one point, we're running through like a graphical version of the Hollywood Hills or we're running through LACMA. Like Melrose. Yeah. yeah. And it, the screen's moving like in a first person point of view. And we had front row because there's only two rows of the treadmills. We chose right in front. So it's very immersive. I, I like that a lot. The music they're playing was fire. Yeah. And yeah, the trainers just like 
Barry's boot camp, leading you through it. It was basically um, hit high intensity interval training, mm-hmm. where you go up really fast and then you go down and you go up really fast. But for me and Rustin, our down was like mine at least was four, but my up was eleven. And the button didn't react that fast. No. So by the time I was already back down at four, they're like, okay, breaks over, go back to up to 11. So it was like a 10 sec. It was literally 15 seconds. But yeah. the time it took for me to like go down, I was still sprinting and it got me gassed. Yeah. Gassed, dude. I, I had the same problem. I'd go from a five to 12.4. And the time that it took to transition from the speeds, it like I, I didn't have time. Yeah, but I was I was surprised. You said you don't do cardio, and you actually did really well, dude. It wasn't that hard in terms of because it wasn't that long. Like right. I would never do a marathon. Yeah, but I know how to run, and I've yeah. run. I ran. I run. <laughs> I run. I run a lot. English words easy. <laughs> I, I ran a lot through soccer, and my cardio yeah, is good cardio base. Somewhat existent from rowing. Yeah. Um. So it's to still there. Yeah, yeah. But I I don't like it. I think rowing is what ruined it for me in terms mm, of wanting yeah. to exert myself in that way. Yeah. But yeah, it's good to be back on like an, a cardio basis. I'm starting to implement that more into my workout. Now that you have this new shoe. Yeah, because like I wore them to go weightlift and Rustin texted me right after, yo, don't work out on those because it could actually ruin the shoe. It's not supportive at all. Yeah. I was like, damn, but I want to wear it because they're fire. They actually look really clean. Does this mean you'll come to my run club sometime? Maybe not that, but like I'll do like the Stairmaster and wear those. Yeah, just run a little bit or something. Yeah. Um, but that experience ends, they walk us out and then they show us all the new shoe models that they're making with the joyride so they haven't released these shoes but it's going to be like there's going to be a lifestyle version of it there's going to be like a sportswear version of it. so they're making yeah. a bunch of different versions with that bead tech in it yeah. and some of the shoes looked really sick they look really cool yeah there was like all white ones which i really like yeah there was really one, colorful ones there was one i sent you i didn't think they had it there but it had like a zipper on it mm. it, it looked really cool yeah and like, dope it, shit yeah really cool that they invite us again too and it just shows they're we're really close to the team there and they've invited us to the headquarters to talk about esports and gaming too so mm-hmm. it shows that they're being very proactive and trying to spread their reach through a grassroots movement because we're not massive we're not major fucking gaming influencers right but they understand the potential for people even small like us to be able to promote their brand and be with them from the very beginning and that could go a longer way than um just from the very top-down type of movement. And yeah. We talk about this all the time. It's really smart, and we really appreciate just being able to do stuff like that. Super and, cool. And also break the gamer stereotype. Yeah, you know? that's that's the main thing, you know? Allowing, game, like, convincing gamers to run and show gamers the different products out there that, you know, it makes us as a gaming industry look cooler. Yeah, like, I had Yasuo reply mm-hmm. to my Instagram story yeah. saying, like, that's so sick. Yeah. And he's like, we play soccer on Sundays. Dude, so I'm I told so him. down to play soccer. Yeah. yeah I, so I, we both I used to play soccer. We... I, we were gonna hit, play with him Sunday, but yeah. I had to go home. Yeah. But we're gonna go play with him. Yusuo is like a famous uh, League of Legends content creator and His player. Name, name's if, Mo. For those of you that aren't mm-hmm. in gaming space. So yeah, great experience from Nike. Thank you so much for that. They um, invited us to Elefante after. Just a little oh side yeah, note. that was dope. Elefante is a really dope, pretty much oceanside restaurant slash bar Car, club bar club, and they rented out an entire, entire section where food was amazing there's like service pass drinks were amazing open bar 1942s yeah fire it's great but yeah that was the entire nike event we're gonna have a vlog out for that as well as the instagram party from last week coming out soon so nice. watch out for that but let's go into the fucking meat and Fort potatoes of this podcast mother fucking cup i watched pretty much the entire world cup me too except for the creative because i was on friday and oh. we we're still working yeah it's true i only like caught glimpses and pieces but the of that. duos and solos i pretty much watched every single game yeah me too mm-hmm. yeah because 
how they also streamed it was you could watch it on Twitch, which during the duos had like 400k. I and mean, we'll talk about numbers more specifically pretty soon. But from my experience, they had like on Twitch was like 400k and like 500k for solos. But on YouTube also had similar amounts too. So not everyone yeah. watched it from Twitch. Yeah. And you could watch it in the game itself. Mm-hmm. It would yeah. pull up a little video feed while you were playing Fortnite in the bottom yeah, left. That's crazy. When yeah. Russell told me, I was like, I don't think so. I think there's a portal because they've done this before for certain tournaments. There's a portal where you could watch it in a certain part of the game but not while you're playing mm-hmm. but it was funny because i was i i got super fortnite horny watching the world cup <laughs> I, me too bro I, everyone did yeah i was like i gotta crank 90s right now so i just pulled up my game and i was able to watch it from my bottom left screen while cranking my 90s and i was like this is an optimal viewing experience but that goes towards the fact of them trying to just bump the shit out of their numbers yeah like obviously if it bothers you i think i said this on the podcast last time mm-hmm. where i think that this is going to be the most viewed fortnite yeah, event hopefully yeah. maybe not likely but one of the most viewed esports events of all time yeah and because of that yeah it it could bump the numbers but there's a place to pause it you you could turn it off if it's really bothering because it is pretty big yeah so i think the people who left it on are actually watching it so it kind of influences the numbers in a positive way Mm -hmm. it's not like you're hiding a little fucking square in the bottom left corner where no one sees it right it was very evident and you probably couldn't play with it on yeah so if you're if you're like just watching it in game it's just another area for them to um allow people to view their right their... boost engagement mm-hmm. yeah but let's do you want to talk about the actual stats do you want to start with that because there's a well, lot to talk about for those of you that didn't watch the first day was they had a creative yeah let's break it down yeah they had a creative event which was basically teams of four uh content creators were playing in various game modes of Fortnite that people had made in the video game itself so there was a thing like prop hunt where basically imagine there's a tower in the middle of the map and there's the defending team at the tower and then the attacking team is coming from all angles in a 360 approach and the map is littered with different objects and so if you're the attacking team you can select one object to be and then you try and run to the tower and hide among the objects and eventually get into the middle of the tower and score a point yeah it's really cool because it wasn't as serious as you know hunting people down build battling it was like a combination of prop hunt and red light green light yes that, that game where you play it as a kid where you turn around you count like red like th- count down and then you turn around if you turn around the person you see behind you is moving then they're out exactly so this is the same thing so the defending team on the tower is like watching and observing the map looking at all these different it looked like a junkyard of just objects and then their screen turns black like a shield comes up they can't see anything the props have to run towards the tower as fast as it's possible so funny. and the moment the black screen turns off then if you're if you're the defending team you're going to try to notice what's out of place and shoot them or if you see someone still moving then you shoot them and they're out yeah but it's funny because it's it's a time thing I, I thought it was randomized but you could hear players going as as the little props running they're counting down one two three okay stop and then it goes out it goes black again and one two three okay stop yeah. they're stopping and it's it's super intense but also very fun to watch yeah yeah and so they had that then they had like a speed run through death obstacle course and then eventually uh scissors team won which they ended up winning what like a, there was some the total was 1.25 million yeah and he won he himself like won 325k yeah um it's crazy to see scissors go from when we had him come and do yeah. a Fortnite event with us to where he is now he's mm-hmm. one of the biggest content creators in the space yes um ninja was one of the people playing in that competition so it's cool Fortnite figured out a way to get the biggest celebrities that play Fortnite into the tournament without actually having them compete because they'd lose if it was competitive they still had to qualify though there was definitely I think Kim told oh, me that. Oh, you're right. No, there there was. There was creative yeah, qualifiers. Because we're thinking, like, you can't just invite the pros just 
give it away like because it's kind of unfair for other players who want to be part of that tournament but i did i never heard about the creative qualifiers i never seen anything about it there was and i saw it and that's part of the reason why those guys were able to qualify because mm -hmm. all the kids that wanted to go play competitive were focused yeah. on the competitive like, qualifications scissors team destroyed the death room i think that's where they got a lot of points yeah because he said like yeah there's a death room component of this and i got a stack team because scissors if you guys know creates death runs so mm -hmm. he's a god at that so it was cool to see that. Then they did a pro-am tournament mm -hmm. where players would be paired up with famous celebrities mm -hmm. and they were competing for charity. So like, for example, Ninja and Marshmallow played as a duo. Um, Tfue and Nav played as a duo and they were competing in this competition. Um, Arl Grime and this guy who's- Airwalks, right? Airwalk, yeah, Airwalk. Uh, Airwalks yeah. ended up winning and that was like two and a half or three million for, for charity. charity yeah yeah they won last time too you know that oh back at, to back at the e3 pro um yeah you're right actually i remember mm -hmm. hearing that so that was day one let's talk about the numbers for that yeah yeah do we have the numbers for yeah the first so day? the event peaks for viewers for the creative and pro am we just talked about for creative is 1.158 million viewers one and million hundred fifty eight three hundred eighty viewers that's across twitch and youtube correct i think so yeah those were the only platforms streaming it Mm -hmm. um so they don't have the stats of people watching it in the game i think they also had their own website where they had multiple streams going on too but i didn't really check that out okay so and, that's creative yeah and then pro-am had a little under a hundred thousand less but it was still at a million yeah still a million viewers then the next day was just duo competitions so mm -hmm. duos were playing in this um there wasn't really any duo that was very notable in terms of like i didn't know a lot of the players that well yeah. you know whereas in the solo there were a couple of players that i knew pretty well mm -hmm. this european group won yeah yeah where are they from I've, i forgot i'm not too sure they won three million i think they're like nyrox and aqua and were like names. belgian or something yeah they won three million and most of the top spots were held by european players yeah so everyone was like where's north america like north america quiet like everyone was like what the fuck why is north america not on the yeah. board right mm -hmm. then comes solos north america dominates takes all five spots right or yeah, they, four out of the five at least top or five was the Arch argentinian kid king mm. which we'll talk about because that kid's right. a legend uh but for solos the person who won was bugga we really like him as a person yeah. just but how many people were watching duos duos 1 was 1.5 million okay. And then solos was 2.3, which was on day three. Um, they won two point. They had 2.3 million people watching that live. Yeah, so it's and they sold out the Arthur Ashe Stadium, by mm. the way, which is where the U.S. Open is going to be held next week uh. of tennis. The stadium looked very, very well done. Yeah, it looks small. It wasn't too big. Fortnite put up all the money itself. Imagine when they start getting sponsors in this, dude. Holy shit! Yeah, it could be a. I can't imagine it being bigger than it is now. But it's really it's really great to see what that was doing. only take one. Mm -hmm. When League of Legends did their first like actual arena competition, they hosted it at the basketball stadium, the Mc the Galen Center mm -hmm. next to USC, and they sold that whole thing out. Mm. A year later or two years later, they sold out to Staples Center, bro. <laughs> so Fortnite, their first competition is larger than the Galen Center. Mm. Imagine in two years what the hell they're gonna be able to accomplish. Yeah, I'm excited for Fortnite. 2020 yeah that's the grind for me right now no, there you kidding. go buddy yeah so booga won three yeah. million mm -hmm. um the next four people basically won a combination of a million or two million yeah this booga second place was psalms 
he was this like american korean kid yeah he's and older he's like 23 24 yeah yeah oh the average age for the did we talk about this no the average age of the competitors at the Fortnite world cup was 16 years old wow and the winner just happens to also be 16 years old dude if i was i'm thinking back to me being 16 if i won that competition i don't know what i like i don't i know i would invest my money because i know that at that age i wasn't thinking about stuff i want to buy you yeah, know i yeah. to me a psp was expensive which was 200 dollars. yeah so anything that was above a psp price i was like i'm not gonna buy that you know mm-hmm. so i hope that he has the right people surrounding him yeah it's he seems like he's a nice kid yeah he went on jimmy fallon he went on a little press tour went, met up with gary v and from what i've seen from the content he seems like a humbled kid and his family seems like they would take good care of that yeah, money. Yeah, he's a good kid. I want to talk about something really quickly. Yeah, They would give out a bomber jacket if you won any of the competitions. Mm, and they yeah. gave out a hat. Did you notice who made the bomber and, Nike. and the hat? Very evident. It was Nike. Nike made it. There's no official confirmation. But my gut tells me Nike definitely had some like backdoor you know not explicit sponsorship deal with them yeah it had it because has to because it wasn't like very it wasn't like very branded but it was yeah it was like subtle it was a nike on the left side just a nike regular logo and then on the right side just said world champion in the fortnite font and you know people like the subtle brand yes they did a good job so they did that nick merckx always wears a nike headband Ninja always wears Adidas gear, even though he hasn't confirmed anything yet, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, they're, they, everyone's getting low-key sponsored. But back to the World Cup, Booga on Jimmy Fallon, which you guys should check out. Yeah. That just shows how legit this was. In terms of his winnings, he won $3 million. Mm-hmm. Djokovic won, like, $2.9 million from winning Wimbledon last month. Yeah. And that was just a tennis competition. Tiger Woods won the U.S. Open, and he won like a little over two million. Two million. Isn't that insane to you that he's half their age and he made more than them? Yeah, that's playing a game that's crazy. only two years old. He's not even. He's like a, a fraction of all their ages, dude. Like Tiger's like what almost fifty at this point. Yeah, that's absurd, bro. Yeah. This is this is the new the new yeah. wave. There's also it's another beautiful. comparison. So that's in terms of the traditional sports with esports comparison. But there's a pretty funny comparison within the esports industry to smaller games. So a Call of Duty player by the name of Jcap. He's mm. a really prominent player. He's been in the scene since the very beginning. He, he tweeted out saying, "Booga just won more in one day playing Fortnite than me." Karma, Krim, and For- Formal have made combined in our careers. And all those four guys that he just listed the best are the best of the best, and they've been in the scene just as long as him. And that just shows how different... Longer than do- him. Yeah, yeah, pretty much this longer, if not the same time as him. They're like... They're like the our age. Yeah. So they've been in the longer. Wait, wait, dude. When when they were ma- grinding Call of Duty, Booga was like fucking eight years old. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> he like just didn't even have a career in esports yeah. yet. It's so crazy. It, it's kind of weird and funny, but also sad to see the disparity and major gaps between such esports where we want to promote the entire industry, but there's just favors over other games. Dude, but it's the same thing as traditional yeah, sports. Yeah, it's just you watch baseball, you watch soccer and football and basketball over maybe golf or hockey. tennis, hockey. Yeah. It's just how it is. Just Fan how favorites. it is. Booga's social followings grew Ooh, yeah. exponentially. So on Twitter, he had 30,000 followers. After he won, he had 230,000. YouTube, he had 42,000 subscribers. Then he had 240,000 subscribers. Twitch, 76,000 followers. Now he has 158,000 followers. 
before this competition, he he had max twenty five thousand dollars that he won. Really, twenty five thousand. Now he has three million. Yeah. Um, and then his Instagram, I think, blew up by like to three hundred k, something crazy. This like is only that. Like a couple like days after the World Cup. A okay. day. This is a after day. day. A day. Okay. Yeah. So it'll definitely grow more. Yeah. Um, he's getting insane engagement on his Instagram, yeah. like higher than ninjas, which was crazy. That's great, to me. I love to see that. I hope it's not another Morgoss. Yeah, I was thing. about to say that. So, so Morgoss is the kid that won the, the first packs, right? Yeah, which was the first Fortnite competition. Mm-hmm. He won 250k for that, and then not you didn't hear from him ever again. Yeah, he streamed after that, got like a thousand viewers, kind of dropped off, didn't qualify for for the World Cup. Obviously, we didn't see him. But a little, what's a little more embarrassing about him is that during the packs, when he started doing well. He started throwing up the phase up sign. Oh. Just so he could try to like, you know, show that he's a he's a phase fan. He wants them to ask him to join. Right. But that never happened. Damn. So now you just look fucking stupid. Damn. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is, bro. You gotta put it out to the universe yeah. and hopefully it returns to you. I'm sure you can come back, but also that was the early days. Like yeah. people didn't really understand how strategies to win Fortnite competitive. The guy saw him that got second place. He just played for placement. He yeah. didn't get a lot of kills. He, I mean, he averaged he just, like one or two kills a game. Yeah, he just tried to stay to live till the end of the game. Yeah. I love Booga's re- reaction, though, because after a game... So there's six games within the tournament for solos, um, and they averaged the points through that. But after game five, he was already like 20 points up before everyone else. And he was and like everyone else behind him were like very close together. So he was so confident. He, at that point, I don't want to talk strategy within the game, but... He won the very first game too. Yes. So the six games he won the first game, and at that point your strategy is very set on what you have to do. You know, you play placement, you pick up kills that's necessary. You don't challenge anything unnecessary because you're already up there. You know, mm-hmm. you don't need to like go aggro. But people like Tifu, who's a fan favorite at this competition, the moment you choke the first two or three games, your mind going to the fourth, fifth, and sixth game is I gotta go aggro so I can pick up kills so I can raise up to be at least top twenty. Right. Because top twenty is when the prize money starts to get different everyone below 20 gets the same amount fifty thousand, mm. right so you're gonna start playing more aggro but if you fuck that up then you start going it's just a negative spiral downhill yeah so the momentum going to the first game is probably the biggest factor in booga's success in this tournament i wonder if people can do some statistics around that like how well do players play place like how well do they place in fortnite depending on how well they do in the first few games of yeah. the competition it has that's, to be yeah that's really interesting Booga, I just want to make a note. In the last game, when I was watch, we were watching him play, it literally felt like he was just on fire. You like you ever seen Kobe in the championship game and he's just drilling every shot? Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. He was killing people and just to the deg- point that you're like, holy fuck, how is he doing this? Yeah. He placed two he had double the score of second place almost. Yeah. And it was like he was in a field of dreams and he was just on fire like it was a movie he was scene, smiling bro. during the game yeah as the game started closing he started to get like top 25 placements and he started to see like okay this is the last game everyone behind me already died i'm sitting up on top of my tower just shooting down at people he caught like three kills he's mm-hmm. like he started smiling because he knew he won there was no chance anyone could catch up to him and it wasn't like he was doing t- st- tactics that other people weren't doing he was just so much better at the fundamentals. Yeah. But his tactic for the last game was different. This goes to the point of mm. understanding what you have to do. Because Tfue at game three and game four, when you have zero points, he doesn't know what to do. Should I play By safe? The way, shot the bed. Yeah. He only got two points. Yeah. Like he thinking after game three and four when he has zero points, should I aggro should i start pushing things or should i play placement and play a long game he doesn't know and it's very it starts to fuck through your head but for booga the last game 
you could see he picked up gliders and he just mm-hmm. built a one by one at the top, watching over everyone. Because if someone shoots him down, he just well, he got lucky because the circle fell onto his one by one. Yeah, so there's some RNG, which is random number generated, which basically means good luck or bad luck within yeah. this game. But that's why they do six games, right? To average out who's most consistent. Right. But then that's to my point that there is a sort of momentum builder yeah. for the first few games. Yeah. So it's always good to capitalize off that. So he just, like, he he was just all his edits were clean all his shots were clean he was like mongrel if mongrel didn't mess up yeah yeah mongrel did pretty well though because yeah. like he uh he climbed from below 20 up to like top 20 amazing yeah, in a couple games yeah the phase guys did well they made like one and a half million for the team or mm-hmm. something just yeah. the competitive players yeah yeah tfue tfue yeah. was make, doing weird tactics he just looked sh- shaked yeah like he looked shook yeah okay we want to talk more about phase but before that let's talk about just the final numbers of Boga he's getting taxed a shit ton right i don't know how official the numbers are in terms of what we've seen online i saw one article from fortnite news don't know how credible the source is saying that he's getting taxed at least 50 percent of his earnings i feel like that's fake news but yeah I, I, he's definitely gonna get taxed a chunk a of change chunk. yeah it's like a massive Do you amount get taxed on prize money though yeah it's yeah, like the lottery right. right yeah it's it's this it's fuck it that's crazy but i mean it just averages out to everyone but at least it's you know it's not a million you get down to like six hundred thousand. Three three million goes down to like 1.5 2 million hopefully mm-hmm. but yeah that's everything on, on booga's end he went on jimmy fallon it was i really liked the interview because compared to jimmy fallon compared to jimmy kimmel kimmel likes to kind of troll and make fun of it and it doesn't really glorify the gamer is more so of like a memeing kind of like yeah this is really cool you're making money off it but it's video games right which is good and bad it's a start by not looking down on them because we're now representing ourselves by saying look i'm making 30 million playing this video game there has to have been something that i did right and what the industry is doing right i don't just wake up and get lucky um but jimmy fallon was like really commending him which i really like but the audience again a non-endemic audience of older people in new york probably didn't really understand and laughed a little bit at him not at him but like just kind of making jokes in terms of you know he's a gamer who somehow got lucky and i see some comments saying yo he's a definition of an overnight success which Dude. is far from true yeah and yeah. on twitter like espn's twitter was just a battlefield of boomers versus like yeah esports people and it was so funny the memes coming out of it yeah there was like a meme where it was like I, it smells like boomer in here it was like a person <laughs> yeah. wearing airpods <laughs> so it was it was really funny another meme that came out of the world cup was this kid skeptic is it septic or septic 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 he like what ran away from someone or like put shots on someone and then he went to the camera and held up the l like yeah, the webcam yeah. as soon as he held up an l sign to the webcam mongrel flew in and murdered him yeah and it was so funny everyone was like instant karma there's also a compilation a cringe compilation oh yeah <laughs> it was so you guys have to check it out because going to this you know it's a fucking national event but with a ton of 16 year olds there's bound to be cringe moments in I was happy to see a lot of them live. Yeah, they're really the funny. Kid. Yeah, there's one where it's like grabs the girl's hand on accident. There's one where they're just like, it, it's just there's really a funny. Kid in the stands yeah. using a blow up Fortnite pickaxe yeah. and he's jerking, jerking off, off in the back end <laughs> of the camera. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, but, I think that that yeah. covers everything for the World Cup, right? Yeah, I want to just talk briefly on phase. Oh, phase, and then and, and then King. King. Yeah, yeah. But for phase, uh, obviously they had a ton of players representing in the creative, the solo, and duo. Is a total of what six players? Yeah, or seven. Mm. Eight. eight, eight, eight players. Yeah, and they did a really great job marketing this for you know. For they the- walked. They did the best job mm-hmm. at the World Cup 
in terms of brand exposure. Yeah, they had one of the things they had was an LED truck driving around, like wishing everyone who's competing good luck with the Phase logo. Phase versus the world was their marketing campaign. They had a Phase versus versus the world, um, like the the, the posters, posters that yeah. are like you see all over the city, like Pace posters, yeah, whatever they're called. They had a card that was wrapped with the Phase colors with the Phase sign on it. All the they invite they did a stadium goods pop up where they got twenty or thirty phase members and all these kids were blowing up on social media. So my entire social media feed because I follow a ton of the phase guys was like they Maybe are in New York. literally taking over New York right now. Yeah, it's, it's really good for them for them to do that. They did a pop up at Stadium Goods, which is a sneaker store. Which if you watch sneaker shopping on Complex, that's where it happens. Mm-hmm. It was in Soho. In Soho, I've never seen that many people there before, except for when Kanye did a pop up there. Wow. There was 15 blocks of people. I saw so many different videos. The cops blocked the street off. So then the phase guys got on top of their van and were like yelling to the kids and throwing merch at them and yeah. like phasing up and like there dude, was the kids YouTube waiting outside. Be crazy. Yeah, there was kids waiting outside the pop up two days beforehand. Yeah, like a day or two beforehand, just camping out. Nutty stuff, bro. And dude our first prediction that we got right on this podcast yeah, we're true. fucking sick yeah yeah ewok joined face check out our last podcast it's the titled title. someone yeah. signed deaf fortnite player yeah we called that shit yep she yep. signed a phase we fucking called that she signed a phase literally that weekend let's fucking go yeah. bro yeah we need shit. to blow up share <laughs> this fucking podcast everyone we're giving you info that no one else gets that's true that's true share this shit and on instagram yeah twitter to your friends leave us a review the podcast isn't shit. over yet i know I'm just, just, oh. yeah but and, ewok is if you haven't listened to the last podcast she is a deaf 13 year old professional fortnite player she played in the pro-am um and she is awesome she's an adorable girl there's obviously people shitting on her because they're fucking rude but yeah, for heads. her yeah all the power to her it's really good for phase as a pub stunt I don't, not pub stunt i'm saying it's good publicity for them yeah to really show that they're being inclusive to everyone like i don't have a doubt in my mind that all the phase guys are a family that's what they preach first and they will treat her very well you know yeah. they could do all the shit they do individually she's also the first style. girl that's ever been signed to phase yeah yeah since they've been around for like mm-hmm. six or seven years so good for them uh good for her as well wish them best of luck and i hope her brand and everything grows with that and nothing really could damage that. I just think it's a good move all around for the entire thing. And announcing that during the World Cup is always really good. Great move. Now we're going to go on to Final Mouse, right? All right. I want to talk about one thing. Sorry, we're King. talking so much. Yeah, King. It's just really brief. It's just this um, Argentinian kid. He did very, very well in the World Cup. He looks super young. I think he's 13 years old, right? Yeah, he's 13, 13 years old. I, like He got a lot of spotlight during the tournament. A lot They're showing him a lot because of his aggressive gameplay. He was super aggro just going for kills the whole time going for kills and killing people yeah he got fifth place and won nine hundred thousand dollars and there's a video i saw the next day that was posted on bleacher report which is a mm-hmm. mainstream instagram just traditional sports website uh but they posted a video of him just like hugging his dad and he was pretty his much his dad like, was lifting him up in yeah the lifting and he was he was it was, it was obviously style. yeah it was like tears of joy but at the same time it was like he was moping because he could tell how big of a deal it was you know it's really looked like he out of everyone else of the top 10 really understood that value of that money yeah and how it could change their lives i'm yeah. not i'm not sure what his living like, situation is now this. you yeah. did it or what he was saying something i don't like, know good job in, in spanish yeah like i 
I don't know what the financial situation like. You deserve is it. You're saying you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I, all I know is that 900k will go a long ways in Argentina. Argentina, right? So Probably. yeah, so it's really good to see someone like that. He looked very. He, the, his play style would if he would not really show his personality because he's so aggressive. But, but just the way he looked, very he seems humbled. very timid. Yeah, like if he really wanted to secure that bag for his family and because they need it, I would have played like a fucking pussy. You yeah, know? but he had ice in the fucking veins. Bro, but in South, shit down. in South America, apparent according to the casters, everyone's afraid of the South American servers because everyone in the South American servers just push all the time. Fucking They're hard. aggro the whole time. Yeah, yeah. But you just love to see a good story like that. Don't know what his previous. Um, history is his family could be balling i don't know but it's just good to see someone very happy and it looks like a life-changing amount for him you know yeah so that that's really great but okay that's all the fucking world, world cup. cup stuff we love that shit that's why i could talk all about that but let's move on final mouse they're a gaming mouse company they're very famous in the esports space because of the way that they creatively market their products it's very similar to a limited sneaker they do a drop they make limited units it sells out really quick people even have sneaker bots that they use to try and get these and resell them i saw they were going for a hundred dollars more than what they sell for on ebay most they they had a, a a gaming mouse it was called like the ultralight and that did pretty well then they made the ultralight air with ninja so basically they're they have a innovation on the mouse that makes it super light and you want a light mouse because then it just feels like an extension of your hand yeah the mouse has a bunch of holes in it they're like hexagonal holes that allow it to be lighter so they did a collab with ninja last year around this time where they did a pop-up at century city the line was outside of century city's mall in la it was outside of this outdoor mall all the way around it was a two and a half hour long wait they sold out in under 45 minutes or sold out in under 30 minutes they made four and a half million dollars obviously like ninja being attached to that is a pretty big reason for why that occurred the next product that they released which was literally right after the world cup then they sold it yeah world cup ended at 2 p.m they announced a while back that it's going to be launched at 3 p.m yeah which is really good marketing around an entire event which brings more eyes to it yeah so they it's the ultralight 2 and it's lighter than the previous mice before it and it has like some skin grip on it that you can attach to it and make it grippier and customize it and Mm -hmm. stuff like that yeah that's the cool stuff um they sold out of they sold out of sixty thousand units in under 30 minutes um which means that at the 120 dollar price point they made 7.2 million dollars jesus fucking christ then they sold another 2.9 thousand units 2.9 2.9,000 units as like a pre-order. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't do the math on that, but it's a shit ton of money. Shit ton of money in 30 minutes. A lot of people bought it, it, got a shit ton of mice, and then they're trying to resell it. That's the good stuff. The funny meme, like kind of what are you doing, what's going on here type stuff was they're very innovative. And the way that they market the product is very like it's out there a little bit their twitter is kind of like wendy's twitter where they don't give up they're not filtered like wendy i know for a fact like the restaurant 
their social team they hire pretty much comedians who are very witty with it to yeah. reply and just increase engagement and really show face to the demographic who's actually on social media right Fi- final mouse they're doing something like a little similar very raunchy unfiltered it but it, you're giving them a lot of credit they're not funny like wendy's yeah, it, yeah. they're just tweeting whatever they want yeah specifically yeah. i feel like the person who started final mouse is runs the twitter personally mm, yeah and so he just uses it as his personal Twitter, but from the perspective of he's talking from a collective hive mind. Yeah. He's like, we're free thinkers. We're going to change the industry. Everyone else is plebs. Like he's making really overarching claims and saying like, everyone's losers. Like we're the best, like super braggadocious type stuff. And so people started to meme that and be like, we're free thinkers, but we're charging you $120, you know, or yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Or they did a ceremony to bless all the ultralight twos that they were selling that was weird they said that the name the ultralight Two, the cape town because it's like a white and gold colorway yeah and before they announced the product they did a video showing these dancers dressed in body paint like they're painted in body paint tribal style mm. they had people on drums playing tribal music and then they were grabbing the mice boxes and doing these really ritualistic dances to bless the mice yeah and it was like on a beach cove mountaintop or whatever and they said they were in cape town but everyone in the replies were like bro it's midnight in cape town it can't be sunset why are you guys doing this in california like so people are memeing them because obviously it's a very easy target to meme when they're being that like out there you know they're not being that professional um so another brand decided to meet them and so a brand called cooler master memed them and Final Mouse was not having it. Do you have that tweet pulled up? Uh, yeah, I screenshotted it because yeah. they posted it and then deleted, they deleted it, it. Because it was, like I said, it was unprofessional. And I definitely feel like the guy running the account. Just it, act off emotionally. It's, 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 the, I think it's the CEO of Final Mouse because it was very personal. Um, let yeah. me just pull it up. So here. Cooler Master just in their email newsletter kind of just did the, what everyone else is doing, right? Just trolling them, saying we're free thinkers, just, just stupid stuff to just trigger them because um, they're competitors and they're probably just trying they thought of it as, probably as banter well you know? here's what cooler mouse did they copied the ultralight or like the ninja mouse in the in terms of the innovation so it has like a bunch of those hexagonal holes it's a lot lighter and to announce the product they created this whole like communist propaganda poster like join the free thinker revolution and it's like the gaming mouse and they're like yes you can be a free thinker too, but not at the free thinker crappy price or whatever. Just like poking fun at Final Mouse. Final Mouse tweeted, whoever, this is, will give you an example of the kind of Twitter we're talking about. Whoever the CEO of Cooler Master is, you should be embarrassed. How embarrassing. It's kind of like a Trump Kanye style say, tweeting. If he had sad period in it, yeah. then I would think it's Trump. Imagine mocking the company whose ideas you are copying. Imagine mocking the company whose creativity you are writing. Yeah, keep writing it. Untalented, embarrassing company no one cares jesus yeah so they deleted that tweet but that's an example of the kind of twitter that's been it works as we're talking about it yeah it does (laughs) it does but my question to you is like they did everything right but then these are examples of them doing things wrong yeah so getting ninja on board gave their brand instant credibility so that on the next drop they could make seven and a half million dollars or whatever yeah we should like i think it's really smart of us to be very creative and be very like yeah. streetwear hype limited like right like yeah i bet the first world. drop with ninja they probably didn't make 
that much it probably lost it was just a brand builder. yeah exactly and then, but then this next one they didn't partner with anyone they obviously did some influencer marketing they gave it to all their talent and the talent kind of teased it but there was no direct like ninja x final mouse tfux final mouse type thing and for this what drop they probably made a lot more money than their last right one. we will do this we plan to bring this kind of strategy to the esports space um but we're gonna do it in a way that doesn't meme us and is not unprofessional we're not going to tweet shitty things yeah we're going we're gonna to try to have the wendy style not the final mouse style but in the same way that's very transparent because this is the new age of marketing and how brands talk to the customers is you got to be transparent you got to be real and you can't sound super corporate i know we're going to make the coolest brand yeah yeah right. um so that's everything on the final mouse front oh i went viral for a second by the way oh on the final mouse twitter thread yeah so I saw that <laughs> Final Mouse tweeted like a picture of the gaming mouse next to like some Ferragamo slippers and like a Tom for or what was the purse? Offendi purse. Bag. Yeah. And they were like kind of similar colors. And I was like, that's cool, but that's women's product. Me personally, I would rock it with just Don's uh, Jordan 2 beach sneaker. Final Mouse replied, that's free thinking right there. Retweeted my tweet got a bunch of favorites and retweets so that's the second time that i went viral on twitter the other time or no it's the third time the second time was when optic crimsics after they won call of duty las vegas he asked what shoe he, he asked buy. what shoe he should buy and everyone was putting out the rookie ass like Off sneaker whites. that everyone knows yeah. and i hit him with like the most ridiculous converse yeah. and he's like wait those are sick yeah and he, i was the only one that he replied to and everyone loved it mm -hmm. so i think like my way in is showing people sneakers <laughs> yeah and then after rustin did the final mouse thing like tfu tweeted out shoes that he would rock with it as well yeah and he kind of started a trend which is cool trend cool. right here very cool and our last topics i know we've been going on for a, a while is the k-swiss shoes so k-swiss has been in the game space with different products right uh yeah they did a collaborative product with immortals, the immortals which yeah. are an esports organization based in la so now they come out with actual gaming shoes, which you're supposed to wear inside. They say shoes, but well, you can't wear them outside. I mean, you can, but like, I think you don't play games outside. No, I'm <laughs> just saying like, you can't wear it in real life. It's made for gamers to game like while you're gaming. I know, right? but like, can you wear it to like go to the store? I have no idea. I don't, cause I don't know. Cause I it's more of just, it's more of a slip on. And then you could add this part that is like an ankle supporter, but there's also cooling tech in it. So that's what makes me think, I don't know if you are supposed to be wearing it outside cause the cooling tech might get fucked mm. up, but it's just mm. a very like aerodynamic. There's like some holes technology, some shit on the bottom that yeah. makes you really feel cool at the feet. It really small types of product. The outside look of it, you guys could Google it, but I would reference it to like a PC case. No, it looks like an NMD. Yeah, yeah. And Adidas. No, enemy. but like the colorway, it's like oh, silver, black. black. It looked like a PC case. It literally looked like you got like a PC case yeah. and you turn it into <clears> a shoe. <throat> so that's the vibe they're going for where it looks like a gamer shoe. There are certain things that benefit a gamer, like cooling tech, so it doesn't bother your feet. Me personally, I play barefoot, so I don't don't really see the benefit. Yeah, I was about to say I would play barefoot. There is too. no better cooling tech but than maybe, not wearing shoes. Maybe if you come to E Coliseum, oh. that's where you would wear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to wear hype shit. I'm not going to like, look, it was met with lukewarm response. Yeah. It sold out though. When I checked it out. Really? I don't know how many, they probably didn't put that many units. Yeah. Up. But that's dope. But they didn't flex how much they sold out. Mm, so yeah, but it's because K-Swiss did it. Yeah. If Adidas did it, made it limited, made a branded version of it. That was like a collab. 
that would be fucking sick. Imagine Definitely. Yeezy gaming sneakers. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Easy. Yeah. Next prediction? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we can make it happen. Um, oh, wait. Uniqlo and Fortnite. They teased yeah, that they're going to do a they collab. Teased. Yeah. Both on the Fortnite account and the Uniqlo Twitter account is where I saw it, where it's just said Fortnite x Uniqlo coming soon. And I think that makes a lot of sense because the demographic kind of meshes within that of younger mm -hmm. kids who like this plain, simple clothes. Uniqlo isn't like super high fashion, isn't it's super low the fashion. the Japanese Zara. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Very clean, not minimal branded clothes. Yeah. Uh, I think the demographic probably matches pretty well, and I, yeah. I think it will work well. It depends on what those, kind of units they put out. They yeah. do those collabs all the time. They had a Nintendo collab, mm -hmm. Cause collab. It's pretty on brand. Yeah, I think my Nintendo jacket is for, No, I don't know if that's from Uniqlo. Mm. I think it's Cotton On. I don't know. But, yeah, that's... I excite. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's a lot going on in this space post-World Cup because... Oh, I forgot to say. Yeah, go for it. Dude, I went to the gym and like four different people came up to me and started talking to me about the World Cup and I'd never met them before. That's so funny. One of the guys was the owner of Diddy Reese, which is this famous ice cream and cookie store nearby. Yeah. He was like, I want to get my cookies into esports stuff. And I'd never met him before. The way it started was I was talking to my friend and a bunch of people overheard and started coming up to me and asking me about the World Cup. Like old ass people. Wow. We're living in a post-World yeah. Cup world now. Yeah, yeah, it's literally post World Cup. That's a good way to put it. It was post Ninja and Drake. Now it's post World, post -World Cup. Cup, and it just keeps going from there in terms of progression towards mainstream. You love to see it. Events like this boost the entire industry, and we're just trying to be a part of it. Yes, sir. And with that being said, do you have a content recommendation, real quick? Because we've been going for a shit ton of time so far. Holy shit! I didn't even think about a content recommendation. My content recommendation is go check out our friend Faze Cheo's YouTube channel. Ah, I second that. It's called Just Live. I thought it was called Just Live, but it's called Just Live. Mm -hmm. He tells, in his first video, he tells a story about him joining Faze and how they kind of parted ways. I think he still has the title Faze Cheo. Yeah, Because they're a family that never, he's not really a gang. I think, no, it is a gang because you can't leave. <laughs> you can't leave <laughs> if you want to. Yeah, you're there until you die. But I mean, sensor is still face sensor. Yeah, attached, attached, attached face. Sensor, yeah. Face attached. Exactly. So it's like a family. It is a game. You can't leave. Yeah. But Cheo <laughs> is a very humbled guy. When we did our scissors event with scissors, he t tagged along, and that's how we came to know him pretty well. And through the years, we've been following him, and he's been following us. So I, I really support it because it seems like he's been through this entire journey post phase that really allowed him to see a different light of life and different perspectives, which. I'm always a fan of personal growth and the way he preaches on his Instagram is very motivating and authentic and genuine rather than just going, yo, go run a mile every single day. It'll make you feel healthier. No, it's more of like him expressing his growth through and his experiences yeah. and how it benefited him through darker times. And this new YouTube channel is about creating experiences. Like they said, him and his roommate, they brought like a book of a thousand things to do in LA. That's and, exciting. And that's why it's called Just Live. They're just out there to just live and do things in LA and really explore and just be present in life, which is always a good thing. So I support him all the way. Go check it out. He's already like a thousand subscribers, but good we, we plan to do stuff with him as well. You know, we're about creating experiences within gaming as a platform and doing stuff outside of that. So definitely a lot of potential collaborations on the way with him. Yeah. And I second that as my content recommendation. Um, but also I may have said this on the last podcast, but really check out Shangri-La, mm. the Rick Rubin TV show on uh, Showtime. It's okay. a four-part docu-series about this mythical music studio ran by Rick Rubin, who is a mythical producer. He made Yeezus, which was Kanye's record. He made Adele's record. Like, he basically doesn't matter the genre; he'll get you a, an Emmy, and he's super or a Grammy, and he's super creative. 
and he's one of those types like Steve Jobs where he wears the same clothes every day. He's barefoot, big <laughs> beard, epic dude. Oh, he started Def Jam with Russell Simmons. So yeah. check that out. Okay. It's really cool. Well, with that being said, this has been the High Peak Podcast, episode 26. We'll see you guys next week. And that was entire Fortnite World Cup through our lens. And as always, please leave a like, a review, uh, some comments, DM us on Instagram, share this podcast, or restory us, and we always restore you guys as well. We love our podcast viewers. You guys are having first insight on a lot of things that we do in our in our outtakes on the industry. So anything else to add, Rustin? No, that's pretty much it. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Take it easy. Peace.